And as I get to my notes, I want to say this. We just sang a song about not being alone and how wonderfully timed that was because Austin does not see my notes. And in my notes, I have to start with this. There's a song from 1968 titled One, One, of which was written and originally sung and produced by musician Harry Nilsson. Now, some of you may be more familiar with the hit cover of the song in 1969 by the band by the name of Three Dog Night. I'm catering to, to a different crowd in here today. Some of you are already laughing like, yes. Well, I think almost all of us will recognize the song when I say the a line of the lyrics here. The song reached the top five of the Billboard charts. And in the song, the singer sings of one being the loneliest number. Now, you all know what I'm talking about. Now, to hurt your ears, I will say, okay, I'm not going to sing it. Should I? No, I shouldn't. Okay, you got you to gotta at least know it. It's one is the loneliest number. Yes, you know the song. Thank you. Further on in the song, he sings or rather proclaims that the word no is the saddest experience you will ever know. Well, today we speak of the same idea of one as we continue to look into this great book of John, which is all about Christ Jesus, our Lord. And in chapter 10 here, we'll read of one shepherd the good shepherd, the great shepherd, the chief shepherd, Jesus is the good shepherd. He's the one shepherd which truly cares for us and never flees. We also see there being one way, one right way in and out of the sheep pen. And in the sheep pen is found the one way to live. You see, there is salvation found through this one door with this one great shepherd. And in his sheepfold, we see that Jesus is truly the way. And let me tell you this, listen up. One is never a lonely number when the one you trust alone in is Christ, the good shepherd in the door. Amen, indeed. Let me say that once more. One is never a lonely number when the one you trust alone in is Christ, the good shepherd in the door. And furthermore, that later on line, the word no is the saddest experience you'll ever know. Jesus isn't saying no to you. Jesus is saying, come in. Come in. The one Jesus is one which leads not to the saddest experience you'll ever know. No, not at all. To all those who listen to his song, to his voice, he says, yes, come in. Come in to everlasting life, eternal safety, protection, salvation. And be not sad, be glad. Live by his way and see a better way to live, the right way to live. Speaking of one, John 10, 30 sees Jesus referring to his unity with God the Father, saying in verse 30, I and the Father are one. The oneness, this perfect triune God invites us in to see openly is his divine identity. And in John 14, 6, which we'll get to in a few weeks here, I'm trying so hard to do one chapter a week at the moment, tells us this. I am, a great I am statement of Christ. And anytime we hear Christ saying, I am, we should perk up, listen up. Kind of like when he says, truly, truly. And he's saying, listen, listen, this is truth. Jesus saying, I am, is something we need to listen closely because he's talking about the very characteristic of who he is. And he says in John 14, 6, I am the way and the truth and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. 
Now, notice in the John 14, 6, this is slightly away from my notes, but it's still very much related. It doesn't say a way. It doesn't say one of the ways. It says, I am the way. I am the truth, and I am the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. And that's the problem with civilization today, humanity today, is we want to think of Jesus as a way. And we want to say all these other things, they add to it and they make life a little better. But no, as long as we're not thinking of Jesus as the way, the door, adding anything else to him, to his way, really takes away from your potential to truly live abundantly as he designed you to live. Yes, Jesus is the one way. The one way. And we're going to meet, read more about this now in John chapter 10. So please open your copy of God's word to John chapter 10. I will have the scripture here behind us. But again, I think you always get so much more from it when you open your copy of God's word physically to get that physical muscle memory to know where is this scripture that we're reading about. And I love technology. I love iPads and or I should just say tablets and phones and computers. I love that we have the gospel everywhere we go. We have God's word everywhere we go. Translations flow abundantly around the world. But that physical copy of God's word is a little different, isn't it? So I invite you, open your copy of God's word or open a pew Bible in front of you. Somebody yell out what page John chapter 10 is. 843, page 843. I saw Kip, I believe it was Kip, read for Chuck last week. So Kip, thank you for reading today. I'm joking. But here's ready. Look at that. That is great. Let me um, introduce a little bit here. It is here that we'll read and see a great illustration, a great narrative, a great extended metaphor of Jesus speaking of this one way to eternal, righteous, true salvation and right living. And as we read this, I want you to notice a few things. I want you to first notice the characters, and that's what we're going to focus on today. But as we read, you're going to see some characters. You're going to see the shepherd. You're going to see the gatekeeper. You're going to see the thieves and robbers. You're going to see sheep. But also notice the scenery, notice the scene that Jesus is is speaking of and setting up here before you. Pay close attention to the setting. And finally, do not miss these main points. One, Jesus Christ is the good shepherd. Two, an extended thought that Jesus gets into here is some people still were not understanding. Jesus is also the door. And then whether we like to hear it or not, we are the sheep. And we're going to end very powerfully with that idea of sheep. And what does it mean for us? What does it mean that we are the sheep and Jesus is a shepherd? Because although we don't like being called sheep, this is a good thing. And this is off topic. I didn't write into my notes, but I was really hoping that I'd find some place to put this in. You see, over the last few years, there are some people wearing hats and T-shirts saying, not a sheep. And that drove me insane because when we're talking about the context of what God says we are, We are sheep, but here's the difference. We are God's sheep. God is our leader. God is our shepherd. And that's the difference there. Yes, we may not be sheep to the government. We are supposed to keep them accountable, but don't think that you're not a sheep because that's dangerous living. We need a shepherd. That shepherd 
is Jesus. Let's read on here. Please follow along as I read from John chapter 10, starting on verse 1, and I'll read to verse 21. Truly, truly, I say to you, and I'm standing in front of the scripture. I'll try to stay in the middle here. Truly, truly, I say to you, again, that truly, truly, perk up, listen up. This is important to hear. Really, all of Christ's word, God's word is important. But he says this, truly, truly, I say to you, he who does not enter the sheepfold by the door, but climbs in by another way, that man is a thief and a robber. But he who enters by the door is the shepherd of the sheep. To him, the gatekeeper opens. The sheep hear his voice, and he calls his own sheep by name and leads them out. When he has brought out all his own, he goes before them, and the sheep follow him, for they know his voice. But see this contrast here. See what we're about to read. A stranger they will not follow, but they will flee from him. They will flee from him. That's powerful because too often today, we have all sorts of strangers speaking into our life. False shepherds, thieves and robbers speaking into our life. And, you know, maybe that's okay when we're speaking about something that's not against God's word. And it's just something about how to live um, or how to, how to buy this computer or that computer. I say that because I just had to buy a new laptop. Mine took a nasty spill off Jessica's top part of her desk. And then in the last months, I threw it. That's not good. But you see, let's get back to the point. A stranger, the sheep do not follow. They will flee from him. That's important. We need to listen to the true shepherd's voice, recognize his voice, love his voice in a way that we want to follow him and no one else. Let's continue reading. For they do not know the voice of strangers. This figure of speech Jesus used with them, but they did not understand what he was saying to them. So Jesus again said to them, we're in verse 7 of chapter 10 of John. Truly, truly, I say to you, I am the door of the sheep. Again, a great I am statement of Christ here. I am the door of the sheep. All who came before me are thieves and robbers, but the sheep did not listen to them. I am the door. If anyone enters by me, here will be saved and will go in and out and find pasture the thief comes only to steal kill and destroy i came that they may have life and have it abundantly verse 11 now i am the good shepherd i am again remember that circle that underline that if you like jesus is the good shepherd not just a shepherd not just not just some part-time shepherd or volunteer shepherd, not some shepherd which was hired out as a hired hand. He doesn't really truly have the ownership or the love for the sheep like the good shepherd does. Jesus is the good shepherd, and the good shepherd lays down his life for the sheep. He who is a hired hand and not a shepherd, who does not own the sheep, sees the wolf coming and leaves the sheep and flees. And the wolf snatches them and scatters them. He flees because he has a hired hand and cares nothing for the sheep. I am the good shepherd. I know my own and my own know me. Just as the father knows me and I know the father and I lay down my life for the sheep. And I have other sheep that are not of this fold. I must bring them also and they will listen to my voice. So there will be one flock, one shepherd. For this reason the father loves me because I lay down my life that I may take it up again. No one takes it from me, but I lay it down of my own. 
accord. I have authority to lay it down, and I have authority to take it up again. This charge I have received from my father. Now listen up, the Jews, they didn't like this saying. So it says, finally, as we wrap up this section of scripture, there was again a division among the Jews because of these words. Many of them said, he has a demon and is insane. Why listen to him? Others said, these are not the words of one who is oppressed by a demon. Can a demon open the eyes of the blind? Now let's get started. Let's dig in here. Let us first note that although some time may have been believed to have passed, some believe this chapter 10 is directly a flow from chapter 9, and Jesus is going on to explain why and how these spiritual leaders have been blinded to the truth. Some believe there might have been a few months past, as now we're at a new feast, and Jesus is speaking of this, this last issue, this occurrence, this, heal, this healing of the blind man. Either way, what we see is that Jesus healed the blind man, and afterwards, he is highlighting the spiritual blindness of the religious leaders. Those who should have been Israel's spiritual shepherds and shepherding them to see that Jesus, the true Messiah, the prophesied one, is here. They were instead leading them astray, like thieves and robbers, false shepherds, who are entering not through the one gate as the true shepherd and prophesied Messiah is doing, but they've entered another way to instead lead them away. You see, the religious leaders and possibly others crowded around this probably very busy scene were confused as to what spiritual blindness Jesus was speaking of. And so here, Jesus illustrates his point in a way they would understand. He uses common language, a common story, a common scenery. Shepherds, sheepfolds, pens, sheep, thieves, and doors. Today's focus is going to be three ways, threefold, three points here. And I'll write them right down for you here if you're taking notes. Number one, Christ, the good shepherd. Two, the shepherd's sheep, his people. That's you, that's me, I hope. And three, the thieves and the robbers. Let's start with Christ, as we always should. Let's start with Jesus. Christ is the good shepherd in this story. Scripture verses 2 to 4 of John 10 says this, But he who enters by the door is the shepherd of the sheep. To him the gatekeeper opens. The sheep hear his voice, and he calls his own sheep by name and leads them out. When he has brought out all his own, he goes before them, and the sheep follow him, for they know his voice. Now, it speaks more of the shepherd later on, but we're focusing on this today. And as the true good shepherd of the sheep, he does several things. And throughout this scripture, again, we're going to compare and contrast the good shepherd and the sheep and the thieves and robbers. Let's first talk about what does the good shepherd here do, the true shepherd Number one, I wrote down, the true shepherd knows the right way into the pen. The true shepherd knows the right way into the pen. The good and true shepherd does not need to try and climb in another way. That should be your first hint that this is not a true shepherd. This is not Jesus. This is not his will. If somebody is trying to go around God's word, God's truth, and tell you a different way to live, you should know right away this is not the way to live within God's con. God's confines of his pen, his sheepfold. Let's speak on. The good and true shepherd does not need to try and climb in another way or sneak in, for he knows the right way 
And then secondly, he is recognized by the gatekeeper. He is recognized and allowed in. Number two, the true shepherd calls out to his sheep by name. By name. This is an important note here. And it's not just by name. The true shepherd knows your name and he knows who you truly are and who you're meant to be. And again, the true shepherd is not going to tell you to do anything opposite of God's word and righteous ways to live. We're getting some, some great key points to know how we're supposed to live, who we're supposed to listen to, who we're supposed to follow, who we're supposed to let lead us compared to other things in this life. Follow the good shepherd. The good shepherd knows the right way in. He gathers his sheep and he leads you. He calls you by name. In today's culture and ways, you may often think of sheep being herded with a dog or led out with the shepherd or owner following them, poking and prodding them with his staff. But in this scene, the shepherd here does not need to push. The shepherd does not need to prod. The shepherd does not need to poke or scare them to do what he wants with the use of a dog nipping or barking at the ankles. Why? Because he knows each of his sheep by name and they know his voice. This means that he is always actively speaking out to his sheep. You can't know his voice if you don't hear him speaking. The good shepherd speaks to you. He speaks to his sheep. He leads them. He cares for them. He protects them. And that's number three. The shepherd goes before the sheep. He leads, and as he leads, he is also protecting he is looking out for the dangers, and when and if a danger comes, he is also their savior. Number four, that's the difference with the good, the true shepherd. Number four, the shepherd sacrifices his life for his sheep. We see that spoke about here in John chapter 10. You see the hired hand, the part-time shepherd, the volunteer shepherd, whoever it is, they don't truly have this care, this investment, this love for his sheep. They'll run away when they see that wolf coming. But the true shepherd, the good shepherd, they stand their ground with their staff held high, ready to knock them aside, even if it means them getting hurt or killed. Jesus is the good shepherd. It's important for us to see that fact. We're not truly just speaking of any good shepherd. We're speaking of Jesus. This is no ordinary shepherd. This is a godly, divine, ordained, all-powerful, all-knowing, ever-present shepherd. This is Jesus. And we're not truly speaking of sheep as an animal going bah, bah, bah. We're talking about ourselves as his children. Although sometimes we do go bah, bah, bah. And we're so noisy that we're not listening. We're just making noise. Sometimes we need to stop the bah and start opening our ears and listening to God. Because God, Jesus, he is gathering his sheep he knows them by name, and he goes before them, and he saves them, laying his life down so that they might live. I say might live because I truly believe, although Jesus is calling, we still need to listen, open your ears, and follow him. Confess with your mouth, Jesus is Lord, and follow. Let's take that sheep terminology away, though. Let's speak to us. Let's speak to you. Let's speak to me. Let's speak to anybody listening on that live stream today. Do you belong to Jesus? Are you part of his fold, his flock, whatever you want to call them? I actually Googled that to make sure because I said flock, and I thought, are we talking about birds? No, we're talking about sheep. 
They're both applicable. A flock of sheep, a herd of sheep, whatever you want to call them, a fold of sheep. He knows you by name. That's what this scripture says. He knows you and you. He knows Austin. He knows Lori. He knows Jessica. He knows Dean. He knows James. He knows Debbie. He knows Rick. He knows Sam and Cheryl and Russ and Brenda. I'm not going to name all of you. You get the point. He knows you by name. And he wants you to follow him because he knows who you were created to be. You are a child of God. And that's what he wants you to be. He knows you by name and he calls out to you. He gathers you into his protection, his care. He goes before you and not just ready to die for you. He has died for you. And he's willing to continue to keep putting his life on the line metaphorically to keep you from going down the wrong road, the wrong path, the wrong direction. Jesus died once. Hear that, hear that clearly. Jesus died once and that was enough for all of our sin. But Jesus didn't just then walk away and leave us to live alone in this life. He gave us the Holy Spirit within us to convict us and equip us to do great things for him. To live in his glory. To understand his purpose and will and his righteous ways. His death was not the end. Jesus conquered death, the grave, the sin your sin for you, that you might live. You see, his resurrected life is an example to the resurrected life that you should be living in. Let me say that once again. Jesus' resurrected life is an example to the resurrected life you should be living. He brings this to those who humbly submit to him as Lord. He wants you to live a new life, a raised up life, a better life, a different life. He doesn't want you to continue to live down here, mediocre living. He wants you to live and to live abundantly. John 15, 13 tells us no one has greater love than this than to lay down his life for his friends. Well, Jesus, as the good shepherd, not just any shepherd, the good shepherd. He lays his life down, but not just for his friends, not just for his sheep, for all sheep, for anyone, for everyone. In fact, I wrote this down on this next slide here. The Pharisees cared for themselves. Jesus cares for all. Jesus cares for all. That's another way to differentiate the Pharisees, the false leaders of the world today. They're looking for their own benefit. They're looking for their own control, for their own ways. Jesus cares for all people. All people. That doesn't mean that he's not going to tell you, and his word is clear, that they're the right way to live and a wrong way to live. It doesn't mean that he's not going to tell you, turn away. He does. Because Jesus wants you to live with abundant living to the fullest of your God-given potential. He wants you to live right. And the right way to live is according to his word. Number two, the shepherd's sheep, you and me, this naturally brings us to us if we haven't talked about us enough. Let's see what God's word says here with this verse. Do you trust Jesus as your Lord, as your shepherd? And if so, I beg you to apply these into lives of your friends, of your family. Don't just think, Pastor, I am a, shepherd, uh, a shepherd's sheep. I, I belong to Jesus and tone me out. Write these notes down to share with someone because they're not my words, they're God's words. I truly believe this. 
Do you trust Jesus as your Lord, as your shepherd? Well, here I want to point out some very important details. Jesus here says that the sheep know their shepherd's voice. So here's a test for you, and we're going to have a few tests later on too. In a world filled with noise, with distractions, with thieves, with robbers, do you still hear Jesus? Do you still hear Jesus? Because here in John chapter 10, it says that these sheep of, of the good shepherd, they don't know the stranger's voice. So they run, they flee, but I think we've become so desensitized. We've been so used to hearing all the thieves and the robbers. We're not fleeing when we're supposed to. We unfortunately all too often fall into the world's way of thinking instead of following after God and fleeing from it. Do you hear the good shepherd's voice? More than this, do you know and love the good shepherd's voice? You see, there's a big difference between knowing Jesus' ways, his voice, his word, listening to him, and truly loving it. And I do believe if, you're, if you belong to the sheepfold, the herd, the flock of Jesus, you should love to hear his voice. If you don't love to hear his voice in ways, then we need to repent now. Say, Lord, help me, forgive me, and help me to love your ways more than the world, to see the hope that's found within these ways. Do you yield and follow the good shepherd, allowing him to protect you and save you daily from temptations, from sin and Satan's schemes in this crazy fallen world? And furthermore, do you know his voice, his way, his word, his promises in such a way that you cannot be deceived? That's the problem a lot of times is we don't, we don't know his words so well that we, we fail to fall victim to the deceit of Satan in the world. Do we flee like the sheep here flee? You see, this idea of Jesus being the good shepherd may be a comforting narrative. And unfortunately, that's what many people see it as. Oh, I love that story of Jesus being the good shepherd. It's so cute and it's so nice and it makes me feel all fuzzy inside. That wasn't Jesus' purpose. Jesus' purpose here was to say, stop following the thieves and robbers and see who is in front of you. See who is in your presence. See who is calling out to you. The good shepherd is here. Follow him. Follow me. Me being Christ. Number three, thieves and robbers. Satan is a thief, a robber, trying to rob God of his glory and steal his people away. But he also employs others. He subcontracts work out to others. And like thieves and robbers, they seek, they seek to sneak into God's house. They seek to sneak into God's house and steal his possessions, his children, and his glory. These thieves and robbers, though, they're smart. They don't always just try and go in that front door. They don't always try and just pick the lock there or push it open or try and dress up in disguise and make the gatekeepers think that they are the good, true shepherd? No. They go around the pen. They look for holes or they try and create holes. They try and speak lies into your life and us not knowing God's word enough or us not being in that constant relationship with the Father and his word, we allow him to squeeze in. Maybe it's in our marriages. Maybe it's in our families. Maybe it's in our schools. Maybe it's in our daily worship. We allow these thieves and robbers to sneak into places they're not supposed to. Because we're not truly following Christ is what we should. They make holes. They sneak in. They seek to hurt you. 
They seek to steal, kill, and destroy and to separate you from God. That's what the word here says. Well, we spoke of the characteristics of a good shepherd. Let's now contrast this to these people. The good shepherd seeks to gather his sheep, protect and provide for them to save them. The thieves and robbers, they seek to wreak havoc upon your life. To separate sheep, that's you, that's me, from one another. For we have strengths together as brothers and sisters in Christ. And they seek to separate us from the master, the good shepherd. And to still kill and destroy. But let's move back to Christ, the good shepherd, before working to close. After all, who wants to close on such a bad note? We need to always focus on Christ. Here it is. Christ is not just the good shepherd. Although that is enough and that's great. And we should focus that on, on that every day. Christ is also the door. But notice he's not just a door He's not just one door. He's not just many options. He is the door. The door. Jesus is the only door to salvation. The only door to truly have restored peace with our Heavenly Father, with God above. The only way. And unlike earthly doors, his lock cannot be picked. He cannot break down. No one gets in or out without his approval. And his approval is not about your works in this world being good enough. For we never could be. His approval is all based upon your submission to him. And just saying, Lord, I confess my sins. I need a savior. I am a sinner. And I could never do enough to earn my salvation to such a holy, just God. Lord, forgive me. Be my Lord. Be my savior. Help me to glorify you and to live by your ways. Once in his sheepfold or pen, you are his protection. Under his protection, nothing can escape his light. You're protected. And this gate leads to new beginnings, a good pasture, abundant provisions. And you see thieves come to destroy. Let me say this again. Thieves come to destroy, but our good shepherd comes to give life and to give it abundantly. Let me, let me say this one thing about that. Listen closely. If you're falling asleep, we'll work into clothes, but do not miss this. Jesus doesn't want you to merely possess eternal life, but also to experience it to the fullest. And you can never experience life to the fullest without him. You need him. As we start to close, my question to you is this, and I have a few really, but here's the first one. Are you in the sheepfold of Jesus, the good shepherd? Let's test this. Do you hear his voice? Not just Sunday mornings. Do you hear his voice daily? Do you hear his lead to you, him calling out to you by name? And number two, do you follow his lead? Do you follow his lead? If you are a believer in Jesus Christ as Lord, there should be evidence for your faith. The evidence for your faith, the fruit, your faith being lived out, that's not what saves you. Jesus is what saves you. But when you are saved, you are a new creation. Remember I talked about that resurrected life. You should be living differently. You should be living in his ways, not against his ways. You should be following him, not wandering afar from him. Which brings me to that, well, one more point here. No one is truly a sheep of Christ's flock who does not know his voice, listen to him, and follow him. You'll never be experiencing life to the fullest as he intends as long as you have one foot in and one foot out. 
And then here's that second question, that second test for you, that second contemplation or thought. And this is a big one. Where would you be in the sheepfold of Jesus? Where would you be in the sheepfold of Jesus? Imagine you being a sheep, a real sheep, a physical sheep. Would you be right behind him, following close, A, right behind him? B, in the back, following from afar, still following, but possibly giving in to some distractions at time, making some wanderings, not truly living to the fullest potential God has created for you, not living abundantly yet. And I say yet because you can still get on the right path. You can still run. It may not look pretty running like a sheep, but you can run. Or C, are you living outside of the pen? In a constant state of danger and worry and anxieties and struggles, still questioning whether or not to truly trust in him and enter into his eternal, everlasting protection and joyous, abundant life. Either you're not following at all at this stage or you have just not yet fully surrendered. Well, I tell you today, do it. Follow him. Follow him closely. There's no better way to live because that is the right way to live. And I guess with that statement, I've got one extra number D or letter D there. Are you trying to go before him in his sheepfold? We need to stay behind him. Let him take the lead let Jesus take the lead to reference another song. Let Jesus take the will. Trust him with your life. Follow him. Listen to his voice in ways. Recognize his voice and love his voice. And you can't recognize his voice if you're not in his word studying it and in constant prayer with him. In verses 9 to 10, we get this main theme or idea here, which I want to push. Verses 9 to 10 of John chapter 10 says, I am the door. If anyone enters by me, he will be saved and will go in and out and find good pasture. Remember this, Jesus is the one door. Jesus is the one way to salvation. The one way to salvation and the one way to have access to that good and right and perfect and safe, abundantly provisioned pasture. And when you struggle, you will. When you get scared, you will. When you feel as dumb as sheep, trust in the fact that Jesus, the good shepherd, knows you by name. And he's calling out to you. And he's leading you. Take your eyes back to him. He is with you. He will care for you. He will go before you. And you are never alone. Even if he is the only one beside you, he is enough. He is enough. You see, Jesus refers to us as sheep, and whether we like it or not, sheep need help. They need a shepherd because sheep are prey in a world filled with predators stalking and waiting to pounce. But hear this. We as sheep, although prey, are never left alone to be preyed upon. Jesus is with you. Jesus is with you. Let me say that once again and let it soak in. Sheep are prey in a world filled with predators stalking and waiting to pounce. But hear this, we as Jesus' sheep, although prey, are never left alone to be preyed upon. Jesus is there. Jesus is there. 
The good shepherd stands strong before his sheep with his staff to protect and save them. He does not flee. He stays by your side. He stays in front of you with his staff ready to beat away anything that's coming. When we struggle the most is when we don't allow him to do his job and we try and do it for him. Don't run, don't wander, don't flee, stay beside him. Even if he's the only one still beside you, stay with him. He is all you need to state that introductory point I had. One is never a lonely number when the one you trust alone in is Christ, the good shepherd. Again, one is never a lonely number when the one you trust alone in is Christ, the good shepherd. And he's not telling you no. He's telling you, yes, follow me. Yes, listen to me. Yes, live and abide in me. Trust me. Hear his voice, love his voice, yield him his ways, walk through his door and stay with him in forever. Do not follow the false shepherds like Pharisees today. Do not miss the truly good and chief shepherd who calls you by name and walks in your presence wherever you go. Let's close in prayer and then we'll sing. But I do want to ask you today, if you've never surrendered to Christ as Lord, do it today. Don't let it wait another day. Or maybe you're just struggling with life. Maybe you've gone a wrong way. You're letting the world speak more to you than God. Surrender your life back to Christ today. Don't wait another day for that. Maybe you're just struggling with life. You know the Lord's here. You know you've surrendered your life. You know he's leading you, but you just still need to say, Lord, help me. God's here right now. Every step of the way, every day of your life, not just here at Bloomer Baptist Church, but everywhere. Cry out to him. He wants to hear your voice. He wants to lead you. He wants to help you. I invite you after we pray. If you want to come up here and pray with me, I'm here. I'm here. Let's pray. Lord, we thank you for sending Jesus. We thank you for giving us a good shepherd who truly cares for us. And this good shepherd, unlike the Pharisees who just seek their own will, their own control, their own, their own people to do their bidding, Lord, you truly care Jesus, unlike the shepherd, cares for all, and he lays his life down for the sheep. We thank you for your grace, your mercy, your love for sending Jesus to die for us so that we might truly live a resurrected life just like him, a new life. Lord, if there's people in here who need to surrender their life today, I ask them just to pray like me right now and just say, Lord, please forgive me of trying to be my own savior. I need you. Please forgive me of my sins. Forgive me of, of it all and help me to live with you as Lord, with you as my savior, that I might glorify you in all I do. Confess with your mouth, Jesus is Lord. And if you're in here and you're just struggling and maybe you need to surrender your life, I say again, echo these words and just say, Lord, I know I once gave my life to you, but I'm struggling. I'm not living as I should or or I've, I've stepped away, I've wandered, I'm, I'm still your sheep, but I need to come back and start following like I should. I just, Lord, help me, help me, help me. Lord, we plead with you. May you be glorified by how we live in a resurrected life, different for people to see. And I think of Chuck's words, Pastor Chuck, as he preached a couple weeks ago. May we remember the gospel, the good news of Jesus. May we treasure it and may we proclaim it for your glory, for your glory. Lord, but even when we give our life to you, we live in a sin-filled, fallen world still and we will still struggle. 
we'll still get scared, we'll get anxious. We won't know what way to go. So Lord, we just pray, speak loudly in our life. Make your presence abundantly clear and known so that we always know which way to go. Help us to stay true, to stand true to you and your ways, your word in a world which wants nothing more than to turn us away. Again, Lord, I say, all for your glory, all for your glory. And it's in your holy and powerful name we all pray. Amen, amen, and amen. And please stand. Let's close in this final song. Thank you.
no music. Let's sing those words one final time. I have decided to follow Jesus. No turning back. No turning back. I have decided to follow Jesus. No turning back. No turning back. Now everyone in this room has heard you hopefully say that, hopefully proclaim that. And I ask you, do you mean it? Do you mean it? Do you know the shepherd's voice? Do you love it? Do you abide by it? Do you follow him? There's no better place to be than following him at his heels. Not far afar, not uh, far from him, but right behind him. Follow him. Thank you for worshiping with us today. And if you're new here, I just want to welcome you. Stick around for Sunday school. Look at our church website. We have women's ministries, men's ministries, children's ministries. We have stuff meeting almost every day of the week. Sunday school is right after this. If you need help finding where to go, ask somebody. We'd love to share with you. I can say my Sunday school is the last day for um, the, the session I'm leading on how to face life's challenges and how appropriate. Today we're talking about how to face temptations and to continue to follow God's way. So follow me there. But then most importantly, follow God. Uh, I believe next week, Kip and Betsy Malmanger will start a new session on parenting uh, by Paul, Dave, Paul David Tripp. Yes, thank you.